Welcome to The Fans Are Way Too Noisy, a show where fans voice their opinions on video games and anything else that comes up in conversation. We are an RPG era podcast, so we need to shout out to our executive producers, GXX and Zanku. Much appreciated, boys. So without further ado, this is Season 2. My name is Sev, and my co-host is Viz. Hello to you all. How's your day today, Seth? What time did you wake up? Do you know what? I got up at about seven o'clock as usual. Had had a bath, had some breakfast, and dosed around for a bit. So didn't have to be at work till like half past ten. Watched some cartoons because that's the best thing to do in the morning. And then I came to work. How about you? I've just had a busy weekend. It's just all rolled into one, so I can't actually really say what I did this morning because I think if I just woke up, brushed my teeth got dressed and then went to work and that's all I've done for the past five days fair fair you have uh, you do work full time whereas I only work part time so I was going to say it's been a quite a long weekend for me yeah you definitely get the brunt of it whereas uh, I seem to get it a little bit easy it's alright it, it all works <laughs> it does it does but that's enough about uh, our days and breakfast and stuff do you want to do some trash talk yes we've got a pretty well I think it's quite an in depth uh, trash talk this week from what we've like spoke about and tried to discuss. So I'm quite intrigued of what we've got to come. So this week on the Trash Talk, we, we decided we hadn't really played anything that was worth talking about yet. I'm playing the Alliance Alive, but I'm only like halfway through, so I'm not really um, ready to give my full opinions on it. And Viz, you're currently chasing that platinum on Saints Row, and I think we might come back to you once you've got that platinum, just so you can tell us about your uh, your arduous journey because you've had a few issues, haven't you? Yeah, I've had quite a few issues, but I have been in touch with like the the devs of the company and been onto their support team, and a lot of the the stuff that they've done has gone into hot picks, and they. To be fair, within under 12 hours, they got back to me, uh, which is quite nice. Okay. But yeah, we'll leave that for another conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you'll, uh, fingers crossed, have that platinum by next week, so we'll, yeah. go, we'll come back to it then. But what we are going to do this week is we're going to cover um, Viz's current experience with the PlayStation tier system, and then I'm going to uh, talk about what's coming to the Xbox Game Pass and some like good little games that are hidden away in there. But uh, Viz, if you want to take it away, you've had the PS tier system now for about, what, two or three months? Yeah, I've had it for about two or three months. To be honest with you, yeah. it's getting better and better. Uh, the experience I'm getting from it, they're putting a lot more into it, which is quite nice to see. Um, they are quite behind compared to what the Xbox Game Pass is because this is a new, complete system to them. Um, but from yeah. what I've grasped at the moment, I think you're getting your money's worth in so many different ways, which is quite nice to see because like, the first month they released it, I thought, oh, Really, is this is this what we're going to expect over the next like year? Yes. But what has actually come? They put some big development games in there. They've done some stuff. So with especially with Deathloop, because that was a PlayStation exclusive, that's now come over to the tier system. Um, but they've also recently announced it's coming over to Xbox Game Pass as well. They have, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it dropped today, Tuesday, which is the day we record. So yeah, that hit Game Pass today. Nice. So that's one of the big games which uh, like was solely for PlayStation. 
um, which has just come onto the tier system. So that just makes it a hell of a lot worthwhile because the Deathloop itself, even at pre-owned or even if you're going to buy it on the PlayStation Store, is still quite costly. So that's a great advantage to mm-hmm. both systems. They also have indie games in it as well. Um, so we've got Chicory to tow them. And I think mm-hmm. that looks beautiful. It's very very psychedelic. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm, as we spoke about earlier, I'm still currently playing Saints Row at the moment. But this is one of my games that's next on my list. So we've got tow them. We've also got Grand Blue Fantasy Versus and Need for Speed Heat. Uh, which are on the Essentials tier system at the moment. That's that's the ones which you get for paying the, the lower price, which is, to be fair, yep. there's some great games in there, like Need for Speed Heat. You can put a lot of time in that. You can play online. It's also cross, cross-platform as well. Grand Blue is not something I've heard of. Uh, I may have seen like a couple of trades for it years ago. So I think Grand Blue is a one-on-one fighter, if I'm thinking rightly. I don't know there is a Grand Blue coming out that's a, a full-on RPG, but I'm pretty sure Grand Blue Fantasy Versus might actually be a lot like Final Fantasy yeah. Dissidia. But it may be talking shit there, so... But yeah, I think that one is a fighter. Even with saying that, some great games just on the essential system, and I think that's a good start to what... After being, what, three months into this new tier system, I think they're getting off from, like, slowly picking up on a good start and actually making it work more and more worthwhile. As you move into the, the higher tiers and going into the extra, like, they've added 14 new games. Nice. So, reading down the list of what I can remember, we've got Alex Kid in Miracle World DX, Assassin's Creed Origins, Chicory, A Colourful Tale, Deathloop, Dragon Ball, Kingdom of Paradise, Monster Energy Supercross, uh, Rabbids Invasion, the interactive TV show, <laughs> Rayman Legends, fantastic game. Scott Pilgrim has now come to it as well, the complete edition. Yep. Uh, Spirit of Fairer, I cannot wait to play that. Siphon Filter 2 is actually coming to it as well, which I'm really looking forward to, because that's on my game list for this year anyway, because I need to do Siphon Filter 1 first. Toy Story 3 and Watch Dogs 2. All, a lot of those are actually quite incredible games. Yes, it's inside the tier system that people should check out, and uh, Scott Pilgrim was going to be one that I was going to bring up, because uh, you'll have heard the music from that game playing in the kitchen quite regularly, because Anna Managuchi, so I think is the band that does the soundtrack, yeah. they're really, really, really good. The music in that's great, and it's a brawler, which I love my brawlers. Um, Scott Pilgrim is definitely a game worth checking out. Yeah, I have touched on this game quite a few times over the years of like seeing it and it's something I just keep going back to so it's definitely worth worth checking out and it's very enjoyable to play so, and then on the most premium tier also added on top of everything already heard we've also got Bentley's Hack Pack Sly Cooper Collection for the PS3 and Sly Cooper Thieves in Time so nice. really good games there that you can actually jump into and I think the one what people don't actually see in any of this is the trials and the demos because yep. they don't advertise it very often but I've been scrolling through the demos today a lot of them are quite old and they've already been played but one that's actually stuck out the most to me is The Cruel King and The Great hero it's a launch which was the 16th of march this year but it's now actually a demo for uh, playstation 4 playstation 5 okay nice nice does look really incredible i think it's a a game that you would definitely play 
yeah, it's a it's a Nippon Itchy Software game, so it's definitely one that's been on my radar. I think I said that it's a it's a sequel to the the Liar Princess, the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. I did have my eye on, but I never actually picked up. But yeah, yeah, if this one's coming with a demo on the with the trial thing on on the tier system, then I might, I might give it a bit more than just a look and maybe jump in. I, I to be honest, I know I said it's a game that yeah I know you would play, but it's something that I would play because I like the art style. It looks it looks very simple, but I like the like the page turns that they've got in it. Mm-hmm. Very storybook esque. Yeah, it is. It just looks nice. It really does just look nice. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something that I'd want to pick up. So I'm definitely going to pick up the demo and have a go with it and see what I think. So hopefully it just makes me want to play it even more. Nice, nice. So if I jump over to what Game Pass has been putting out, because Game Pass, quite honestly, is ridiculous. We had a, um, was it the Tokyo Game Show Direct the other day? Yeah. Uh, I know you watched it, I watched it as well, but in that day announced uh, Nino Kuni Remaster coming to Game Pass, obviously which is a great get. And then Nino Kuni 2 is coming yeah. next year. They announced Danganronpa 3 was coming. My, my son last week was telling me about how he brought Danganronpa 3 because he wasn't going to wait for however long it took for it to come to Game Pass because he'd done Danganronpa 1 and 2 and he's like, he's really obsessed with this series now. So yeah, he just brought Danganronpa 3 on the on Steam so that he could get through it. Yeah, lo and behold, they announced Danganronpa 3 is coming to Game Pass and dropped it that very same day. Oh, gutted. <laughs> yeah, he spent his pocket money on, on Danganronpa and he probably should have held off. But... Oh, bless him. <laughs> He's having a good time with it, so that's all good. They did also announce uh, it's a game called Fuga Memories of Steel, which is like this RPG set in a tank, and you play like your characters are like wolves and foxes and stuff, and it's all set in like this wartime thing. And I think that like the special source of the game is that if you need to do a special move, like an all-out move, get through, get yourself through the battle, you can do, but you need to sacrifice a member of your squad to do it. And it's kind of a permadeath thing, so I've not actually played it, uh, but from what I've heard, like, for instance, if you sacrifice your medic, then, like, you'll get through that battle, but that medic will never come back. I don't know if you can replace him with another medic, or whether it's just, no, your medic's gone for the rest of the game, and you kind of, essentially, like, trying to get through a war. But yeah, they announced Fuga Memories of Steel 2, then announced that Fuga Memories of Steel 1 is coming to Game Pass, and he dropped that same day. This one of these, like, this is a mini hidden gem sort of thing. If you go and check out, like, best RPGs released in the past few years, I guarantee that Fuga Memories of Steel will pop up on, like, 60, 70, 80% of the list that you find. Uh, it's not one I've played before, but it's one that I am super pumped for now that it's coming to Game Pass. It's, it's always had, like, a, a high price tag on the, on the nice. PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store, so I've always been a bit like, mm, I don't know if I want to spend 25, 30 quid on this, but now that it's coming to Game Pass, I've got no reason not to play it. Yeah, so we had we had a drop the other day of what was coming and stuff on there was like it was Deathloop and uh, Nino Cooney and Fuega Danganronpa three and then we got another drop today which was uh, Beacon Pines Grounded Full Release Edition. We built a zoo. Let's build a zoo which I think is awesome. It's like a pixel art uh, zoo builder, but the like secret sauce in that one is that you can gene splice your animals together to create new animals, and then I'm pretty sure you can choose whether to like exploit your animals and exploit your park goers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it looks like a uh, Stardew Valley sort of pixel art, but it's essentially like building a zoo. Um, and then we got Moon Scars, which is a lovely pixel art Metroidvania that's coming. Uh, Shipwreck Hardbaker, Ship Shipbreaker. 
that we covered a few weeks ago. That's coming. Uh, Slime Rancher 2, that's also coming. And then yeah. Valheim is coming to PC, but it's also coming to this Series X and Series S uh, in the quite near future. So, like, uh, Game Pass is uh, blowing it out of the water. Like, You Suck at Parking, which we covered last week, that dropped on Game Pass. I played a little bit of that the other day. That's really fun. I only played it in single player. I got about eight missions in before the challenges started to get like really, really hard. So you do essentially like you've got to drive, drive around the track and stop in the parking zone. But if you if you stop momentum completely, like that's technically stopping, that's technically parking. So you can only ever press accelerate. There is no like, there's no reversing. So you've you've got to kind of like whiz around the track because you're on a timer and your car's got a fuel gauge. So yeah, it's not sort of like you can inch your way around the track. You have got to sort of like burst around the track and then try and stop it in the parking in the parking spot. Like I did a few, the few levels I did had like jumps and sort of twists and stuff, and they were all good. And then I got to levels that had like magnets and firewalls and stuff. And I tried it a couple of times and it just became really hard. And I was like, okay, am I, I'm probably going to put this down next. I've been doing the same level for about 20 minutes. But yeah, it seems good. The amount that the, the Game Pass and the tier system are actually bringing into the like the systems that we can play and mm-hmm. play on, they're getting bigger and bigger. But there's this massive competition between yeah. the Game Pass and the tier system now. And I think they're all going to be striving to be better. And I think it's great because it's going to make the PlayStation tier scene tier system grow and it's always going to bring more and more games to both systems which not only are going to be cross-gen it's just a shame that the availability of games that xbox has got on the game pass doesn't have that same ability same availability on the playstation tier system yeah. because you can't get it day one for free they haven't got that accessibility yet because that they're, they're younger. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the Xboxes ones have been in place since like the games probably started development, which means like two or three years ago. Whereas Sony is just catching up. And yeah, to say on things that are coming day one, Plague Tale Requiem we're getting day one, the console edition of Humankind day one, the Big Con I think releases later this year that's coming day one, Rainbow Billy and the Curse Leviathan. I know it's been on Switch. I think it's been on Switch and PC, but I think once it comes over to Game Pass, that's coming day one. Born Born of Bread, which is a really stupid uh, RPG based on someone who's made out of a loaf of bread. That looks wicked. Uh, Turnip Boy Robs Banks, which got announced the other day. That's coming day one. Stalker 2, obviously Starfield. And then uh, the big one for me, like Uaden Chronicles 100 Heroes, which is the spiritual spiritual successor to the Suikoden games um, that's coming day one as well so yeah. there's, there's a lot to look forward to I think the big question for me to you is how have you found your like spending habits now that you've got the tier system have you stopped buying a lot of games and relied on the tier system more or are you kind of like mixing it up between both um, at the moment I've only bought one game in the past three months okay uh, and that was Saints Row because it was like I wanted the physical copy. I wanted that case. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I've not actually bought anything else. Uh, I've relied on the tier system. I've downloaded the games. I've down- downloaded shed loads of games from the tier system. They're all in my backlog and they're, they're ready to play. I've I've got a, a challenge I need to complete by the end of the year, so I'm racking them all up, ready to do. <laughs> Lining them all up. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in saying that, so for any people out there that, like, 
want a nice, relaxed, chilling game, right, there's a couple of ones which have turned up on the tier system, which is Mag- Magus, Magus, and, okay. to- and Toy Story Mania, uh, which aren't actually advertised, which is quite new. I found a post the other day about it, them being on there, I, and because they're not regularly posted, if there's some people that want something to yeah. just to chill out at and have a nice, easy, chilled game, a break from God of War and your Saints Row and your Plague Tales, then these are just nice, easy pickups. And I think the other one I wanted to talk about, nice. the only reason I want to bring this up is because we have a bet on this game. And I'm so hyped that it's actually come to demo. You're on about uh, fucking Valkyrie Elysium, yeah. I I am on about fucking Valkyrie Elysium. <laughs> yeah. So have you got that demo downloaded? Of course I have. <laughs> okay. I've got it downloaded. I've just got to finish Saints Row first. <laughs> so yeah, that's onto onto the demo system. And I will mention while we're on about the tier system, just quickly before we move on, Ease 8, Ease 9, Disgaea 5, they're all on the tier system. Yes. In my books, they have that above the, the Xbox Game Pass. Some nice uh, Nipponichi and Falcon stuff. If anyone wants a fantastic strategy turn-based game, play Disgaea. If you want a fantastic action JRPG, play Ease 8 and play Ease 9 as well. So we've been saying that. I know all of that stuff's already there. Which system would you, would you proceed the better system? If you had to choose, I know your answer already. I'm just like that's that's like asking me to pick. Would would I rather a console that allows me to play brand new games on a regular basis, or a console that allows me to play all my favourite games? Yeah, and I don't think I can answer that if I'm honest. <laughs> okay, fair. So, would you, if you had to, pay for both systems just to be able to get the nostalgia feeling as well as the new generation? See, I had the PS tier system for about a month, and then I let it go because Game Pass is is really really good, and I know that there's so much stuff on Game Pass. And that is coming out in the future that I just don't have enough time to play all of it. But I know the best place for me to get these new experiences on is on Game Pass. So over the tier system, I'd definitely pick games Game Pass every time. Nice. If I had the Game Pass over the tier system just to be able to play like everything that's coming day one, then yeah, I'd definitely go for it. But with being on PlayStation and being Sony through and through, I think I'd still pick Sony and just wait for yeah i think i'd wait for the games to come and enjoy okay. what is already there rather than getting it day one yeah obviously of course i'd love to play it day one but with the the amount of i work and the amount of time like the amount of work the amount of time i get to play a game they're very differential yeah it, it's, it's the best terminology for it so i just have to enjoy what i can at the time so i think if I got Game Pass, it'd be a waste of money. Fair. I mean, you, you can play it at your leisure. So if you do have, mm. if you do have an hour or two, you can try a brand new game. But if you if you want that time to chip away your fucking Saints Row Platinum, then by, by all means, do that. Yeah, I think it, it just depends on what people want to do. I'd love to get an Xbox and actually get all the experiences all at the same time. So I'm same as you. I couldn't answer it yeah. because I I'd want all of it. I'd want the Steam. I'd want the Nintendo. I want the Xbox. I want this. So at one point, I had every single console available to me, and I just yeah. couldn't keep up. Yeah, that's that's very much the cruel trick of time, isn't it? Like when we were younger, I had all the time in the world play video games but no money to buy video games but now I've got the money to buy all the video games I don't have the time to play them yeah well 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 and with that talking of time I think I think I trained you now isn't it
Chugga 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 Watch out boys, here it comes Choo choo Got a couple new trailers for you Thanks Kyle Cheers Kyle That was Kyle from the Media Files You should go check out his podcast It's pretty good, we like it We give it, the fans are way too noisy Definite thumbs up Thumbs up Absolutely my pleasure. Better get this train on out of here. Chugga 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 Thanks, Kyle. Bye. So that was our first official guest train driver. And if you'd like to be a guest train driver on our podcast to get yourself a shout out, promote your show, or just to promote yourself, then hit us up in our email address and we will uh, we'll contact you back and hopefully you can send us an audio choo-choo and you can be a train driver too. But it's time for the hype train. And do you know what, Viz? I'm so fucking excited for this game. Trailer was about a minute long and it showed very, very little. And this, the trailer I'm on about is Yakuza A or like a dragon eight all we really got were the gates of camarocho like the archways that are synonymous with the opening sort of when you when you start the game or when you like enter that city that's usually the point you spawn in at is at the front of these camarocho gates and it's just yeah the, the city like there's neon lights about but it's night time and you just hear two people talking in japanese there are subtitles at the bottom but you know what i forgot exactly what they say so if they give story stuff away, then I can't remember what they said. But there's just two dudes talking. You see these gates. And then about a minute later, Ichiban and Kiryu walk up together. Kiryu's looking great. Ichiban's looking fine. But we're getting Yakuza 8, like a Dragon 8. And it's got Kiryu and Ichiban. Kiryu, the protagonist from the first six, seven games. And then Ichiban, the new protagonist. And they're joining up for Yakuza 8. And mate, I couldn't be more fucking excited for this game best all get ready because the next as soon as this game releases probably like six months after it and months leading up to it it's probably all i'm going to be talking about (laughs) because i love me some yakuza yeah this trailer does it great even though you only got a minute of it i've only played one of the yakuza series and uh, i should have mentioned this before but like a lot of the yakuza series are actually on the playstation tier as well so if you wanted to actually catch up with the series before this comes out then you need to head on down there i enjoyed what i played i think it was yakuza 6 possibly i played uh, I'm not 100% sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed what I played, but again, another game came out, so I picked that up, which I was more hyped for, so I started playing that, and I never went back to it, unfortunately. That's fair. They're big games to get into. It's a long, long, windy series, to be fair. But yeah, they're definitely, if you like Yakuza, they're definitely, I'd just say, if you like Yakuza, they're definitely worth getting into. If you like Yakuza, you'll be playing them already. Um, if you're interested in the Yakuza se- series, as Viz said, they're on the tier system. I'm pretty sure they're all on Game Pass as well, so there's no excuse. Cool. Fizz, what have you brought along this week? So, this week, my first game. I think it's completely different to what I normally... Well, it's not completely different. I love the look of it. It's uh, called Wanted Dead. And this official gameplay trailer came to us on September 14th. And it's a fast action sword gameplay, gun gameplay, soundtrack, mini games, and finishing moves all come together in this brand new trailer created for the Tokyo Game Show. Wanted Dead is from a team of ex-Ninja gaming developers and released on PC, Xbox, on PC, PlayStation and Xbox platforms on Valentine's Day 2023 and I think this game looks absolutely 
absolutely fantastic. It incorporates gunplay RPG, like fast action, swordplay RPG, and you've got loads of mini games and stuff to do in that as mm-hmm. well. I just think it looks incredible. I like the art style because the art style, when you go into the FMVs, it goes to anime art style. But in the gameplay, it's very yeah, yeah. HD, and the the sword gameplay and the gunplay is it looks like a lot of fun. It's very fast paced, and it's I don't know. It, it just the the trailer itself just drew me in. I just want to I want to pick this up as soon as it's released. Yeah, it does look it does look really dope. To be fair, it looks a mix of like Gears of War, Wet, Yakuza, sort of like all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, add add the Japanese anime stuff. That's really cool. It's very very cool. Yeah, so I really enjoyed watching this trailer, and that's I can't wait for this game to come out. I can't wait to see more, and I think the idea of fast action sword and gunplay is going to be really enjoyable. So then the next game I brought along, and this is this is going to be really quick. To be fair, it's the Suikoden One and Two remake. Because oh my god, we're actually getting the Suikoden One and Two remake. The trailers show very little apart from like cameras moving fast across grass fields and then like yeah just animating images of people protagonists and side characters from the game sort of like sort of swooshing in from the side and then we do see some like 16-bit gameplay it's obviously going to be um 16-bit but it's very very much cleaned up but yeah fuck i've waited for a suikoden in one and two remake for so long and now we're getting them we're getting them both next year but yeah, they're they're like legendary legendary RPGs that you hear people talk about. Okay. So I've always wanted to play. I did play uh, Suikoden One a little bit on an emulator, but never really stuck with it. But I've always wanted to like properly dive in. And now that we're getting a remake, and I'm probably going to be able to get pick it up in a box to stick on my shelf. Suikoden One and Two remake is definitely going on the pre order list. It does look nice. So what's uh, what's the last one you've got, Viz? Right, so the trailer I'm bringing along this week is different. Um, yeah, it's different. Different. Your last one was different. <laughs> <laughs> and this is called Eden Gate, The Edge of Life. Official announcement trailer came in the TGS 2022 on the 16th. So the game is about a gifted young scientist, Mia Lawrence, mm-hmm. and she wakes up in an abandoned hospital full of questions and precious few answers. What happened to her? What happens to the world? And the idea is the game, you have to explore deserted city of Eden Gate and follow the young scientist's emotional journey as she searches for hope and solves the mystery of what happened to her and the world around her. This is coming to Steam, PS4, Xbox One on October 25th, 2022. But this, the official trailer doesn't show a lot. It looks very intriguing. It looks like you're walking around finding different different notes to try and find out what's happened in this deserted world. And the trailer ends where you come into this open world of disaster where there's a burning cart, you write, and you're looking round and you're in this desolate city. And it just leaves you with so many questions what the game is actually going to be. Yeah, as you said, it shows very little. I think it's like right at the end, it sort of pans around with the camera over her shoulder and you kind of see what yeah. the gameplay looks like almost. But it doesn't show you what the gameplay does. So I think I've got a, a slight Dino Crisis feel from it, like the, how the character looked and the looking over the shoulder, the, the spamming of the areas. I'm not sure if it's going to be on the rails or whether it's going to be a vast ex- exploration of the area, but I... I think it's going to look quite good, and I'm looking forward to trying mm-hmm. to play it. 
Nice. So you said it comes out October 25th, so when that comes in the draft, I think you should take it as soon as you brought it along. How do you feel about that? I'm happy with that. I can bring that one up. I can do that in the draft and hopefully I'll be able to pick it up. So that will do it for the big chunky hype train this week. Now it's time for the OCR where we set Viz down to review C for boots on the ground live coverage of recent releases on the docket this week. We've got four games and we're starting off with Solstice, which Viz you were very hyped about, but fortunately came in at a 70. Yeah, unfortunately. Like most up-to-date score I have is still a 70. Okay. I'm still hyped for the game. Yeah, uh, I'm still looking forward to trying to pick it up. Unfortunately, it's only got a critics recommend of 53, and it's it's got a fair rating. I still want to play it. I think the gameplay and the whole idea of the game looks great. Uh, I think I will probably pick this up over the next couple of weeks after my backlog of games, which I've built up. I'll give it some time mm-hmm. anyway. But it's not got some great scores. Games Raider Plus has given it a 2 out of 5. Uh, okay. Which is the lowest score I've got on the on the top eight. It's the lowest score, uh, two out of five. Other critics are giving it six, seven out of hundred, nine out of ten from IGN Italy, five out of ten from Spain IGN. God is a geek has given it seven. Cog Connected has given it seventy two out of hundred. Stefano from the Games Machine has given it eight out of ten. So it's got very mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. I'll go with the worst one first. Let's have a look at Game Raiders review. Opening closing fields to match the finger trying to kill has all the fussiness of a game of Simon Says in that nothing you do counts unless you're recommended to hit the right button first. Okay. I'm not really sure what that means. (laughs) Yeah. Whether it means there's a lot of lag or whether it means you get button prompts constantly and unless you're hitting the button prompts then nothing else really matters. Fair. What's the, uh, what are the better reviews say on it? So IGN Italy, uh, it's a great hack and slash that can stand proudly near the sacred monsters of the genre. Unfortunately, if you want to have a look at this review, it's in Italian, so uh, I wouldn't be able to read that to you because I'm not very linguistic with the Italian language, I'm afraid. Can you try at least the first three words of it? All right, let's have a quick look then. <laughs> first three words. Just just for any Italian listeners we've got out there. I'll tell you what, I'll read through the first three bullet points, and if you can make any sense of that, then absolutely brilliant. Then this podcast is for you. Unhack and slash risco cum vul il genere ma. Sopin tendemante reto de una storia ben scritta in cusi intravedo la passonia per il manga di Clemar. Sistema ed di combattimento rico variegato pronto e mentarsi in difficoltà ma anche in dati tutti in mezzi per affrontare ogni sfido con la carretta con Batavilaza. A volte glir effetti particularly seri sonny a sevivir mentre in telecameria in certi fragmenti a plu di intracuco e chi auto. Right, that's my Italian. Why? <laughs> Italian conscription of 
their review. <laughs> you fucking went for it, mate. That's the. <laughs> I thought you were going to do three words, mate. You just fucking went for it. No, I said I'd do the first three bullet points. <laughs> oh, okay, fair, fair. That's, that, that's uh, yeah. So that's <laughs> that. That was Viz reading reviews in an Italian. Attempting to <laughs> let us know if you'd like to pick a different language, and we'll make him on next week. You can read it in Spanish, or you can try and read it in Japanese, or yeah, Bulgarian or something. Saying that the IGN Spain review came out at five out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go with the synopsis on this one. Synopsis is a te- in English. Yeah, yeah, in English, it's a textbook hack and slash that shows a lack of risk and attachment to certain design patterns that do more good than harm. Its combat system, interesting at base, is displaced by a plot and progression system that have more prominence than they should. However, if you are missing more battles in your video logic day-to-day, its proposal will give you the uh, dopamine demanded through its best confrontations. Fair. Okay, so that's Solstice. I think it, like, because they're very mixed reviews, I think it's something that you're going to have, if you want to have a, a deeper delve into the game, it's going to be something you're going to have to pick up. But you can also have a look at other reviews on Open Critic to see what other uh, critics say about it. Yeah, with my understanding, I think it's maybe a double A game and it's not getting great reviews, so I expect this will this will hit sales pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But next up, we've got the return to Monkey Island, which time of writing was sat at a whopping eighty-seven, and it's still sat at a whopping eighty-seven. It's got a ninety percent critics recommend, and it's mighty on this review page. Uh, it's hitting basically nine out of tens. IGN nine out of ten. Games Radar four point five out of five. Gamespot nine out of ten. Hobby Consolas. 87 out of 100. IGN Italy, 8.8. Guardian, 4 out of 5. Everywhere.it, 9 out of 10. So this is getting some great reviews. Uh, if I start from the top, we've got Ryan McCaffrey from IGN. He's giving it a 9 out of 10. Return to Monkey Island expectedly comes packed full of smartly crafted puzzle, funny dialogue and memorable characters. But as series creator Ron Gilbert returns to the series, director's chair for the first time since 1991, it unexpectedly offers a lot of heart too. It is an adventure gamers delight. Nice. So, GameSpot from Richard uh, Wakeling. 9 out of 10. Return to Monkey Island is a game for the series fans. There's a scrapbook on the main menu that recounts the events of past games, but it lights the specifics and feels more like a refresher course than a vital tool for newcomers to catch up on previous hijinks. Returning players will adore the fan service and familiar sense of warmth that permits the whole experience, yet it still strives to make itself somewhat approachable for beginners. There's no denying that certain elements with the lost without the decades old connection, but having a history with the series isn't essential to enjoy Guybrush Frepwood's latest escapades. Return to Monkey Island tells a wholesome and compelling tale of swashbuckling shenanigans that should appeal to anyone seeking a hearty adventure on the high seas. So it's two great reviews there. Beautiful. All the reviews I've got in the top five are all on that same level. So I don't think there's any need in me saying any more or go through any more reviews. But this is getting high regards. It looks like yeah. it looks like a great game. And if you're an adventurer and you want a bit of a challenge, then go check out this and the series. Nice. And then next up is a game that Viz, I've booked a week off work to play this one. 
so it best be fucking good. This is The Legend of Heroes, Trails from Zero, which at the time of writing was an 81. And it's still sat at an 81. Oh, take it. The lowest review we've got is a 7 out of 10 from IGN Italy and a 70 out of 100 from Cog Connected. Uh, the rest are basically 9 out of 10s, 4 out of 5s, 90% from RPG Fan. God is Geek, 9 out of 10. Hobby Consales, 84 out of 100. So, very highly rated. It's got 79 crit- critics recommend. And it's a very strong open critic rating. So, which one would you like to hear first? Let's go with one of the lowest, and then we'll take one of the highest, please, sir. So, let's go with... Cog Connected by Nicola Capron. Uh, this gave it a 70 out of 100. All in all, The Legend of Heroes, Trails from Zero is a unique experience with, if you love uh, world building, modernising fantasy worlds and urban fantasy, you should check it out. If you're allergic to long cutscenes and extraneous info dumps, you should avoid it. Love it or hate it, Trails from Zero clearly knows what it is and what it's doing. If you'll excuse me, I need to go buy all of Trails of Cold Steel so I can find out what happens in Zemuria next. So, although that's only got 70 out of 100, it's made her want to go get Cold Steel. Yeah, so to be fair, the the Legend of Heroes is well regarded for. It's like, it's world building, and I think it's like 12 games in now, and all the games sort of interconnect. They're all different stories that are happening in the world at the same sort of time. So to understand everything, like because other games will reference like what's going on in Erebonia and other people will reference like what's going on in Crossbell. And I'm pretty sure Tales from Zero is set in Crossbell. Trails of Cold Steel is set in Erebonia. And yeah, to kind of get like, you can you can get a very good picture of what's happening, but if you really want the ins and outs of everything, you need to kind of play all of the games it is a massive info dump to try and to try and get up to snuff with what's going on i'm gonna go with nintendo life from alana Hagius. i hope i've pronounced that right I, <laughs> I haven't offended anybody by how i've pronounced that but anyway in a series renowned for its stellar writing twisting plots and wonderful characters legend of heroes trails from zeros is a standout rpg narrowing the focus of its story to one state and Honing in on a smaller cast of characters makes for a fantastic and engrossing adventure that is about both intimate relationships and huge secretive scandals. The fact that this is just one half of a duology means that while the story wraps up nicely here, we have tons of questions that we're itching to get answers to in Trails to Azure. If you haven't played Trails, it's time to overcome that barrier because there's no better place to zero in on this fantastic series than in Crossbell. Man, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, Tales of Azure comes out like February next year, so we've got essentially six months to finish this game, and then the next one comes out. They don't, they don't yeah. wait. They don't wait long at all. But my, yeah, I'm, I'm so fucking hyped. Right. Before I dribble about Legend of Heroes for the rest of this podcast, we should probably move on. Yeah, should we move on to the next one? <laughs> The last game on the docket is uh, Dio Field Chronicles, which is which is due out Thursday, um, and that's currently sitting at an eighty, I believe. It is currently sitting still at an eighty. Uh, it's also got an eighty-three 
percent critics recommend. <laughs> I like the look of this game. I really want to play it. I think it looks brilliant and I don't say a lot about these types of games very often because I'm not a very big fan of the type of art style and not necessarily the art style but the downward looking towards it. Yeah, isometric view I think it is, yeah. Yeah, the isometric view. Sometimes that really puts me off games. Uh, God is Geek has given it a 9 out of 10. Daily Mirror, 4 out of 5. Uh, the lowest one I've got is 6.5 out of 10 from... WCCF Tech. Uh, Twinfinite has given it a 4 out of 5. PSX Brazil has given it 85 out of 100. And Level Up have given it an 8 out of 10. And that is the only six critics we've got for this game at the moment. Yeah, let's do first the worst, second the best. Okay, I think the lowest one we've got is WCC, isn't it? So uh, that would be. That would be my verdict of the Diefield Chronicle. It has some good elements, but they are often covered by the average meaning. Little gets the chance to stand out. Were it a little tighter, a little faster, and not requiring you to do so much busy work, I could see this being a more enjoyable experience. 9 out of 10 from God of Geek. The Diefield Chronicles is an epic strategy RPG where you're fully exposed in its story and throughout every beautiful constructed battle. It features an in-depth battle structure, an upgrading system where you constantly mix strategies on the fly. So I watched the trailer for this and the gameplay and there's, there's a lot of adaptations you can do. I like the idea of it. I'm just It's just the isometric. Yeah, I think it's just the camera angle of the RPG that puts me off, but it's not something that's going to deter me, deter me from playing the game. Fair. So it does seem very much like a mix between a standard-ass Final Fantasy Square Enix RPG and what Fire Emblem Three Houses did. So I've, I have played the demo for this, and there's a lot of, like, you can go back to the home base and you can talk to people, and I think more you talk to people, the more your affinity rises, the more your affinity rises, the better they'll do on the battlefield and stuff like that. But yeah, I, w- I was going to pick this up, but I'm reviewing Potion Permit this week, and then I've got Legend of Heroes next week, so it kind of it doesn't make sense for me to pay full price for this right now because I'm I'm just essentially going to put it on my shelf, still in its shrink wrap, and not touch it till I have time. So I might as well wait till I've got time and then buy it. So I think that's it that we've got for the Opium Critics this week. I hope everybody enjoyed that. We did. I definitely enjoyed you uh, speaking Italian to me. You sounded like you were having a lot of fun with that one. I, I was giving it a go. I, I, I'm not, <laughs> my dialect may have been quite wrong. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't. If, we, if we have any Italian people um, tell us how bad Viz said some words, I want to know what horrific things he said about you. Oh, please do let me know. <laughs> about you and your country while he was trying to explain. Yeah, Solstice, Solstice was, was the first one. Wicked. Let's hope you don't get cancelled by the Italian government, Viz. Now it's time for the draft. In this game, we attempt to guess the scores of games releasing in the following week. Lowest score wins. Before we get to that, we need to go over last week's scores. Viz, you went with uh, You Suck at Parking. Uh, you picked a 77, came in a 70, that gives you 7 points. You then went with Solstice, a 79, came in at a 70, gave you 9 points. That leaves you at a 16. I went with Wayward Strand, which I picked an 80, came in at a 78, gave me 2 points. And then I went Return to Monkey Island, I picked a 82, 
actually came in at an 87, gave me five points. So I got seven points and you got 16 points. So you were, uh, I think you fluffed it a bit there, mate. I did fluff it a bit there. But that gives you, that puts me at eight and you at seven. And I'm only two wins away from you declaring me glorious for a whole month. <laughs> but I best not boast now because I'll probably win one more and then you'll win three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> the egg will be on my face. But this week we have got one, two, three, four, five, six games. They are No Place for Bravery, Serial Cleaners, Session, Slime Rancher 2, Shovel Knight Dig, and Hokoko Life. Is that how you play it? Hoke Hoko Life. Hoko or Hoko? Hoko. Hoko, I think. Oh, Hoko. Yeah, I mean, I'm alright. I'm uh, happy to go with Hoko Life, yeah. Cool. Yes, which would you like to take first? I would like to take No Place for Bravery first. Okay. We have covered this. I think this game looks great. It's, it's got a lot of like uh, children mortar aspects. Um, it's something that we both like would be drawn to very often. Uh, the art style, the gameplay, and I do like the look of the story. So with this, go with an 83. Wow, you're hitting high, you're hitting high. Right, so just um, if you're new to this podcast or if you're not new to this podcast, you've heard us say Children of Mortar about at least 20 times now. Fizz, is Children of Mortar available on the PS tier system? It is, yes. Wicked. I'm pretty sure it was on Game Pass for a while. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it might be. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. The Fans Are Way Too Noisy podcast highly recommends the ch- uh, Children of Mortar. If you've got the tier system or Game Pass, please go and play it so you understand why we rave about it so much, because it is fantastic. Yeah, incredible game. Cool. So then I'm going to pick Session Skate Simulator. I think this is going to have a Sev Special Simulator. I think I'm going to have to sit at 72 for this one. Okay, fair. Fair. Not as uh, was it enthusiastic as I was last week. I'm not giving over today this week. <laughs> I'm going to take next then. I'm a bit dubious, but I'm going to take Shovel Knight Dick. I want to rate it quite high. I'm going to go with 77. Fair. That's that's a good pick. To be fair, your club of um, they've done well with their Shovel Knight games. They have. So it'd be uh, it would be silly to rate it quite low. So 77 is good. Is a good pick. Yeah, I'm gonna, I was right. I was going to go between seventy. I was either choosing between seventy six or seventy eight, but I think I'm going to go in the middle and go with seventy seven. I think this is going to be a very interesting game to play. Wicked. So the next one I'm picking is Slime Rancher Two, and I'm going with an optimistic seventy eight. So that leaves Serial Cleaners and Hocko Life. I'm actually going to go with Hocko Life. Wow. Yeah. Risking it all for a Hocko life. Yeah. It's a Hocko life. It's another like farm simulator, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, as if there isn't enough farm simulator games out there at the moment, they just have to have another one in there. Mate, don't you don't you diss them life sims? They're good. They're very very good. <laughs> With this, I'm actually going to go with the 78. <laughs> okay, okay. I can't wait for that to come in at 60 next week. It's going to be beautiful. Right, I'm going to go with Serial Cleaners. 
I've, I've got left cereal cleaners. So I'm gonna clean this up and I'm going with, let's just let's just be sensible and put a 75 on it. Biz Special 75, that's right, isn't it? No, my Biz Special 74. 74, fair, fair. Right, so to recap, Biz went with No Place for Bravery at an 83, Shovel Knight Dig at a 77, and Hocko Life at a 78, Sev went with Serial Cleaners at 75, Session at 72, and Slime Rancher 2 at a 78. Please return next week to see how we did. This is our new segment, Bad Collector. Each week, one of us will bring along three games of a certain genre with five clues per game. The other has to guess the game. The faster they guess, the more points they get. Whoever has the most points at the end of both weeks will claim the badge for that genre. Think of it like Trivial Pursuit, just a bit more messy. The genre this week is fighting brought by Sev. Fizz, are you ready to take the stamp? No. No? <laughs> Hit me with it. Hit you with it, right. Fighting stance. <laughs> In your fighting stance, nice. So, three games, five clues apiece. Are you ready for your first game? Go on, hit me with my first question. This game is based on a comic book series. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Straight, this, this segment's already making you angry, I love it. <laughs> um, is it anything to do with Marvel? You can't ask me questions, mate. You just gotta guess the game. There's so many bloody comic book series out there. I'm just thinking Marvel comic book series now. Go on, second clue. Released in 2013 on PS3, Xbox and Wii U, with an Ultimate Edition later coming to PS4 and Xbox One X. Is it an Ultimate Alliance game? No. <sighs> okay, go on, next one. This game was made by NetherRealm Studios. Oh. Is it Injustice? Yeah. Yes! Oh, I got it! <laughs> <laughs> You sound excited. You're like, fuck, I got it. <laughs> so, right, my next clue is going to be um, Scorpion as a playable character. And I thought you'd be like, Mortal Kombat. And I'd be like, no. And you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Scorpion. That, that would have been a cheeky one. <laughs> it was. It was a very cheeky one. But yeah, Injustice for three points. Nice. Cool. Are you ready for your next game? Yeah, go on, hit me. Right, first clue. This game was originally released in 1997 had five games and was last seen in 2003. Okay. Um, no, go on. Next one. Ryzen, Hudson Soft and Ating all had a hand in my development. That's so open. <laughs> hey, so open. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryzen, Hudson Soft. What was the others? Ryzen, Hudson Soft. Ating will add Activision and Virgin Interactive will also... Um, I think they were like publishers of this game as well. So yeah, it passed through many, many studios. In 1990. Are you Googling it? No. <laughs> I'm trying to listen for the side of the keyboard. What year again? 1997? No, yeah, yeah. no, I'm just talking to myself because I know I've got 1997 Hudson, so I haven't got a bloody clue. Fair, fair, fair. No, go on, next one. The main character of this game was called Yuki Ogami. I don't think I've even played this. No, go on, next clue. The gameplay is based on anthropomorphization. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fucking big word, mate. Wiki gave me the word. Thank you, Wiki. Anthropomorphization. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm lost. Go on, last clue. Okay, so the, the final clue is fighters in this game can turn into beasts. 
this is battling me. Are they zone throats? No. So, no, I haven't got a clue what the game is, mate. I, I'm lost. Yeah, so they were zone throats. This game is bloody raw. No, no, I haven't got a clue. There's a few games that I know of that are zone throats, but they weren't fighting games. It's like one I've recently played was like Werewolf and Human. And that's the same throat, and that was like playing on the PS4. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I lost. Come on there. Yeah, so yeah, unfortunately that was that was a zero point. Yep. So you've got three points, but we've got one more game to do anyway, just for funsies. Yeah, go on. You ready? Yeah. Okay, this game was released in 1995 in arcades under a name that it no longer uses. No. Next clip. Next clue. This title is based on historical fantasy. Is it Soul Calibur? It is. Oh, yes. I love the Soul Calibur games. <laughs> the next clue was going to be uh, Link, Yoda and Spawn all made special appearances. Ezio and Geralt were additional characters. And uh, my story is based on two swords. But yeah, well done. You got that at four. So not not bad going. You got seven points in that one. If only for... I never heard of Bloody Raw. The only reason I you never played Bloody Raw. No, I've not played it. Oh, see, I thought that would—I thought that was one you actually played that you would have known. I stuck to like um, Soul Calibur. That's how I managed to pick that one up straight away. The Justice game, Injustice. I've played those over and over again. Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. I've followed the whole series. Dead or Alive. Followed that whole series. It's like Bloody Raw is not one I've played. It's like the only reason I knew his own throats is from playing the werewolf game and bugger never mind fair well that was good great games <laughs> good good i'm glad you enjoyed it tune in next week where sev will be bringing along sev this will be bringing along a brand new genre with three more games well I'm, i look forward to being put on the spot <laughs> and seeing what i can guess uh, well you've got the badge this week you've got the fighting badge kudos to you i have first badge goes to sev now it's time for the segment I'm calling this week Thomas the Rank Engine. <laughs> That's right, it's time to rank everything on the block this week chosen by Viz, Working Sundays, Salted Caramel Peanut Butter, Call of Duty, Nightclubs, and Wi Fi Failure. Fierce, which would you like to take first? I'm going to take Working Sundays first. Yeah, hits me with it. It's going to be the new 75. The new bottom of the list? Yeah. No. Fierce hates Sundays. It'd be above Amazon. Okay. So Amazon will go to... Almost at the bottom. Yeah, almost at the bottom. So I kind of be happy that Spumoni's not at the bottom anymore by two. Fair, fair. It's slow, that's true, slow, that's true. Slowly working its way up. It's never getting to number one, that's <laughs> But, yeah, very much so. So what do you hate about Sundays, Viz? I don't think anywhere should be open on a Sunday. It's It should be a family day. It should be... Nothing but spending time with family and enjoying things as a family that doesn't involve going somewhere. So being at home and chilling out, cooking a roast dinner to spend with the family or having family come round, not choosing to go somewhere and have somebody else cook for you because that's just a privilege. Yeah. So we, we cook Sunday dinner for... 100 if not 200 people every Sunday and it is, it is a fairly hectic day isn't it yeah like the amount of prep that you have to do towards it it's not like the people that don't know don't understand but I I feel that Sundays are very heavily pressured because if you can't do a good Sunday roast then you're not a good restaurant yeah yeah Sunday Sunday dinners are a 
like a British staple, yeah. aren't they? Something, something the Brits will pride themselves on. Yeah, so I feel that Sundays is probably one of the worst days of the week where I feel that nowhere should be open because, like, for those religious people out there, it's a day of worship, uh, it's a day of family, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a a lot of segments within the Bible that state this over and over again. It's a uh, a lot of things. Are you going to quote the Bible at us now, Viz? No, I'm not. (laughs) Okay, that's all right. (laughs) Uh, It's just a day of remembrance and, like, a day of family, a day of forgiveness, it's it's a lot of things entailed about it if you're a religious person, and I just feel that nowhere should be open. It should be a day of relaxing and being able to spend time with your family. There's a lot of places which don't open on a Sunday or have reduced hours, but unfortunately the, the hospitality doesn't. Yeah, that's fair. I never I never work past five o'clock on a Sunday uh, because I record another podcast, so it kind of effectively means that, well, I still have to do a Sunday. I never have to do a Sunday all day. Mm-hmm. Which um, which I very much like. To be fair, it does it does descend into chaos by about half past one, two o'clock every Sunday without fail, um, and it just continues until until the doors shut essentially. So <laughs> you have to sit through it every. You have to work through it every week. Whereas I I get to go home halfway through the day. So you probably hate Sundays more than I do. I do like Sundays. Um, Due to the fact that you work a Sunday and then the next day is a Monday and it kind of feels like the week has reset, the next week has started. So I did, I went to a different job and we didn't do Sunday dinners or anything special on a Sunday and it kind of felt like every day blended into each other. Whereas when you do a Sunday, it kind of feels like that's the that's the end of the week and then you roll into a Monday and it's the start of a fresh week. So I don't, I don't inherently hate working a Sunday. I have my uh, unfair advantages, so I will accept it going in at 75. Yeah, I've always hated Sundays. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. So up next, I'm going to pick, because you brought this along just for me, so uh, <laughs> salted salt caramel peanut butter. Okay. You did bring this along because of me, yeah? I did, yes, because you had a uh, at work, you brought to my attention a salted caramel peanut butter with banana and chocolate spread sandwich, and I was so jealous. I did, <laughs> and that was like two days ago on Sunday when I was yeah I was very proud of my mm-hmm. chocolate banana and salted caramel peanut butter sandwich, and it was do you know what it's like eating a, it's like eating your lunch and eating a sweet treat at the same time. It was really really cool. Um, like salted caramel peanut butter, I've only ever found I found in one shop. Brought a jar, it was really really nice. Went back and on the shelf was like only two more jars. I'm pretty sure if I go back, I will never find another jar there. So it might be like one of these like once in a lifetime things. When I say, do you remember old turkey Twizzlers? Like they're obviously gone and forgotten now. They're like discontinued line. Stuff I'm drinking at the moment is Monster Mule, which is like a ginger beer monster. And that has now gone into like the discount stores. So it means obviously the monster have finished producing their line, sold off all the batches that aren't selling, and then they're just going to roll through these discount stores, and then it'll be something we never see again. Um, so it makes me sad that I probably won't see caramel, salted caramel peanut butter ever again in my life. Um, I might have to figure out how to make some. But I was that jealous that on Monday I took yeah. a portion of peanut butter from home 
<laughs> into it. Yeah. And added some salted yeah. caramel sauce to it just to have on toast for my breakfast. <laughs> Dude, see, that's not a bad shay. I would have tried to, like, make salted caramel, but, yeah, just getting salted caramel sauce and having peanut butter with it. Dude, how was it? How was your makeshift salted caramel peanut butter? It was very good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like, the sweetness and then the texture of the peanut butter and, like, the butter on the toast and it's all melted in. So, oh. Monday morning, being there at 8 o'clock, it beat a sausage sandwich, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, nice. So I'm, I'm like a big advocate of peanut butter. I know, like, what is it, like, health people use peanut butter. People who lift weights and stuff, peanut butter is pretty good. It's full of protein, but isn't it? I think whatever. Yeah, 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 it's got, like, a lot of fats, but I think they're, like, good fats. But then, yeah, it has got uh, proteins and fibres and yeah. stuff in, I believe. But then, just to ask you, in the great peanut butter debate, crunchy or smooth whatever's in the cupboard whatever you don't care just peanut butter yeah just peanut butter whether it's crunchy or smooth i'll eat both of them i'm no any hypocrite on which one is better or not peanut butter is peanut butter right some people don't like the the texture of the crunchiness some people do but if there's either in the cupboard i'll eat either of them yeah that's fair i just like the the effect it makes we have to like is it like smack your lips together because it sticks yeah. <laughs> peanut butter's real good um, it's going to peanut butter or hot sauce. Ooh, peanut butter and hot sauce. Hey, you need a spicy peanut butter. Yeah, buffalo, buffalo peanut butter. Mate, let's stop the editing now. I think we might be <laughs> onto something. Um, let's trade, trade, hashtag trademark, trademark, trademark. No one make hot sauce peanut butter, hot peanut butter. <laughs> Me and Viz are going to go and invent it right now. Yeah. Well, hot sauce before peanut butter or hot sauce after peanut butter? Ooh. Would you rather drink hot sauce on the train or eat peanut butter on the train? There's the next one that goes 40 hot sauce, 41 train. Mm, peanut butter before hot sauce. Peanut butter before hot sauce. Cool. So we're sticking it bang in the middle. Peanut butter at number 40. Or salty caramel peanut butter. Yeah, salty caramel peanut butter. So when we invent hot sauce peanut butter or buffalo peanut butter, that's going to be somewhere completely different than this list. It's going to be number one because we made it. <laughs> trademark, trademark. Yeah, I almost want to call the episode hot sauce, hot peanut hot spicy peanut butter <laughs> but if so if someone sees that and they go that's a great idea then we'll be fucked won't we yeah so this is just a little nugget hidden in for anyone who got this far in the podcast and didn't turn off thank you very much <laughs> i might just bring my peanut butter to work tomorrow and put jalapenos in it and see what that does jalapenos no i don't think jalapenos will go with it i think buffalo would be a bit of a better sweeter taste okay we're gonna have to test different hot sauces just to get the best <laughs> the best one so I'll buy a jar of peanut butter. I've got some. I've got many jars of peanut butter. Every week we'll bring a different hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> See what we can concoct. Nice. I am up for it. I'm definitely yeah. up for some. Yeah. So I'm with Max on fire, but it's also sticky, so I can't open my mouth properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Don't good. Keep, right. Keep the heat in. Right. So <laughs> moving, moving on. Next up, I'm gonna take Call of Duty. Yeah. So, for the people out there that really enjoy the Call of Duty, like, game genre, and, like, really follow it, uh, this isn't a criticism t- criticism towards you. This is just a, a list that we've created and how I feel or we feel um, that it goes into the list. Piers, don't go soft, mate. I'm going to go I'm gonna go hard on this one. If you play Call of Duty as your main game and you love Call of Duty and you don't play other games... Stop being a filthy casual. Play some real game. Video game is art. Video game is passion and expression. Stop playing fucking Call of Duty. Play some real shit. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Call of Duty is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty, fucking 150. Um, the, the reason I brought it on is like, uh, my son asked me if he could download Call of Duty and I told him what for. <laughs> yeah. That was my first answer. So it was what for. So I'm sorry. Why? It's like, Why though? <laughs> If if you played one, then you played them all. It's like, what was the one that they released? It was literally... The whole gameplay was two hours long. I've just spent 45 quid on this PlayStation free game for it to be two hours long, and all the work you've done is into the online. So I don't want to play online. Yeah, I think they are they are heavily based towards the online, aren't they? Their campaigns are very short and sweet, probably like five yeah. hours or less most of the time around. I did apologise to him too afterwards, because obviously he might like that, that, that genre, so... <laughs> Sorry, like, it's your choice what you want to play, but... I just had to ask the question. He didn't know how to answer, obviously. I've tried to play it. I wouldn't say I've played it. I've tried to play it. But I've not got into it. It's not stuck. Uh, the genre doesn't follow me. It doesn't stick with me. It's something that I'd pick up for five minutes every ten years. But yeah, it, it, it's not it, It's not a high rating for me. I've got one or two of them on my shelf. Played a little bit of them. And I don't, I don't want to come across as we are gatekeepers. If you, don't, if, you, if you only play Call of Duty, you're not real gamers. Like... You can play Candy Crush for 12 hours a day and call yourself a gamer if you want. That's cool. But there's nothing more upsetting to me personally than when we get like a new member of staff or you meet a new person and you you pluck up the courage to, to, to go outside the realms of standard conversation and go, oh, do you play video games? And they go, yeah, yeah. And you go, cool, cool. Oh, that's wicked, wicked. What, what video games do you play? And they go, FIFA and Call of Duty. And you just go, oh, fuck, the conversation's dead then, isn't it? I ruined it. Yeah, there's just nothing left to talk about. <laughs> no, no, because, like, although they might be good games, they just they just don't leave it up to, do you know what I mean? If you don't, oh, so you don't play RPGs, you don't play indie games, you don't, that sort of thing. It's like, no, they usually, people who play Call of Duty and FIFA are very, like, closed off and that's all they play. So you can't really have a conversation with them about video games because, I don't know, unless you want to talk about Prestige in your AK-47 and getting a new camo skin on it, then fuck knows what you're going to do. Like, the gameplay, the graphics, they look absolutely stunning of what three hours you get to do of it. But on that note, yeah, you, you can still be a gamer and play those games. It's just not something that's very much of a conversation started because they were going on for so long and it's all the same thing. There's no art, there's no... It's not story driven. It's not so much that you can actually put into a game. It's just copy and pasted with a different background. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, very much. Oh, we've, we've we've got this new gun, and you can now use this tank. That's the same tank from the last game. You just like reskinned the reskinned it and made it look like a different tank, but it it still has the same mechanics. It still drives the same. It still does the same. But yeah, I think that I think one of the worst Call of Duties they tried to do was the uh, was it the Advanced Warfare where they started to introduce the jetpacks. I know that's one that's like highly hated by Call of the the COD fan base. I believe that that's them trying to get into the new genre and how the gameplay is going, and it just didn't work and. It's never going to work. It's just going to be the same game. Always will be the same game. As I said, no offence to all of you Call of Duty fans. It's just not for Fizz and Sev. No, the, uh, the fans are way too noisy. Do not recommend Call of Duty. Please play Children of Mortar. Yep. So Viz, put them out of their misery. How far down this list are you putting Call of Duty? <laughs> 76. 76. So Amazon's still better, worse than Call of Duty, yeah. 
Well, yeah, if the if we, the followers we've got through this podcast, then they'd understand why Amazon is still worse. Yeah, yeah, they are. They definitely did did some shady things. But cool. Go on then. Let's go with uh, Call of Duty at seventy six. Actually, saying that it won't be at seventy six though. Be at seventy seven. Yeah, and that's even better. Okay, so what are you going to pick next? So I think I'm going to leave. I'm, le- I'm leaving one for last, and then I'm, I'm going to take Wi-Fi failure. Okay. I don't really know how I feel about this because I don't play games online a lot, so therefore the only, the only time Wi-Fi failure really affects me is when I want to go sleep and I want to watch Netflix or YouTube. So most of the time throughout the day, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Like if it if it goes down, I can do something else. It's just when I'm lying in bed and there's no internet and I can't really watch anything unless I want to do that. I'm going to sound lazy now and be like, unless I have to get out of bed, scan through my DVDs, which I've had for like five or six years. Do you know what I mean? There's no like new DVDs. It's not a scrolling window of uh, brand new things to watch. It's all the same old stuff. And I have to pick a DVD and I have to put the DVD in and then you have to load the DVD sift through the uh, please do not pirate DVDs sort of thing that comes on at the beginning then you click play and then you get to watch the DVD and it's not like Netflix you can't just like watch five minutes and be like ah now I'm not into this I'll pick something else something you have to get back up again and then sift through DVDs again and find something else so yeah well Wi-Fi failure doesn't bother me most of the time Certain times of the day, Wi-Fi failure can be a real stickler. What are your thoughts on it? No, I completely agree. It's like this, the reason I brought Wi-Fi failure is because at work, the Wi-Fi and signal at our workplace is horrendous. It's not great. We're supposed to be getting it upgraded at some point, uh, but I find that if the signal goes in the kitchen, then my phone cuts out. If the Wi-Fi has got low quality because we've got... 200 guests at the front, which are all used, also using the Wi-Fi, then the quality drops and we can't have music in the kitchen. Yeah, it's working silence because the Wi-Fi's gone down. Yeah, working in silence isn't always great. And when you've got like 200 checks on screen and you're trying to bash out as much food as you can, having some motivation by having some music to sing to, some entertainment and talking to one another, if you're not doing any of that, it's just very silent, it's very monogamous, it's like, oh. So that's the reason I brought that along. But there is also obviously instances where I'm at home and the Wi-Fi drops or the internet goes. And so I'm in the middle of doing something. Why is this doing it now? I think it's just very irritating more than anything. Yeah, so I don't have a real opinion on where I'll put this. So I'm going to let you sort of pick a ballpark number of where you think Wi-Fi failure should go. It is your choice. If you have no variable where you wanted it to go, why pick it? Because I didn't want to take the other one. <laughs> yeah, but you've got a variable on that one. Okay, okay. I'd rather have a pair of swimming goggles than my Wi-Fi go down. But I would rather my Wi-Fi go down than me shit myself. Why do our podcasts always end up with us <laughs> reverting back round to hurting yourself? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like we gravitate towards that. I would rather, like, the Wi-Fi go down than shiting myself, yeah. Shiting myself. Yeah, let's let's go with it at 66. Cool. Although it could change, depending on the last one. 66. Pooping, not not pooping yourself, Wi-Fi failure. 
<laughs> so the last one which you've kindly left for me is nightclubs or nightclubbing or however you want to see it. So getting to our elder generation, nightclubbing is not a thing for me anymore. Um, so bef- before you go any further, go I on. told you this morning once you presented me with what we're ranking today, that I had a revelation for you. Yeah. And I have never been clubbing. How was that a re- revelation? I knew that already. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. She must not have high hopes for this then. Um, yeah, I've, I've never been clubbing. I have been into a nightclub maybe once or twice, but as I do when I go out drinking, I, I buy a drink from the bar and I head directly for the smoking area outside and proceed to stand there all night, smoke and drink and talk to people. I do not engage with any kind of clubbing. And I think that has only actually ever happened like twice. So yeah, I've, I've never actually been clubbing. Yeah, I, I already knew that. Okay. Uh, in my younger days, I, I used to do it four out of seven days a week as soon as I finished work. Yeah. Uh, and I used to go, me and my friends used to go somewhere different every week. I used to work in a nightclub uh, while I was at college. It doesn't, it's not the same anymore. And where we are, yeah, that there's nothing around us in that generation. You have to travel a bit further. And even then, the whole scene of nightclubbing isn't the same as what it used to be. I'd rather go to a, a rave than a nightclub uh, because there's <laughs> a lot more ex- experience in a rave. There's a lot more enjoyment than a rave and you don't get dickheads around you most of the time because everybody's there to have a good time. They've all paid so much money to be there and enjoy the experience that they just enjoy the experience and everybody's a laugh. So they're completely two different things. Um, But nightclubbing for me is not a very high roller. Fair. Yeah, these days it tends to be, um, from my understanding, tends to be a lot of women with fake tan and maybe fake other things and then a lot of men in shirts too tight for them, uh, peacocking mm-hmm. with a lot of testosterone, wanting to prove that they are the manliest man. Yeah, you add in cheap drinks, loud music, strobe lights, and for me, it just it's a wall to wall. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. So, yeah, no, clubbing has never really appealed to me. Yeah, as I said, it used to do when I was younger. It used to be a big thing when I was younger because the music was different but nowadays mm-hmm. it's it's all completely changed and I don't enjoy the environment anymore I think there's a lot of arseholes around and once everybody gets too drunk they've got a clue what they're doing it just ends up in fights and as you said peacocking, yeah. I'm the bigger man I'm the better person, I'm going to prove you that, it's like well, okay we can prove that in, yeah, yeah. in a prison cell for the night so very much. So if uh, you play Call of Duty and you like going clubbing, um, sort yourself out. There's a lot more to life than that. But where are you put? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather work a Sunday than go clubbing now. Yeah? Yeah. That's fair. Would you, would you go clubbing if you had Sunday off? Would I go clubbing if I had Sunday off? No, I'd probably stay at home with the family. But I'd rather go clubbing than play Call of Duty. Okay, okay. <laughs> See, I think I'd, I think I do like two or three rounds of Call of Duty rather than go out to a club. But yeah, if you want to put it before Call of Duty, let's go for it. Okay. So does that make it like 78? Okay. So for what we added this week, sorted caramel peanut butter. Kyle is cool. going to be so happy. It's moved up three spaces. Fair. It's making its way downtown. 
<laughs> and number 40, salted caramel peanut butter. Wi-Fi failure at 66. Working Sundays at 77. Nightclubs at 78. And Call of Duty at 79. I've you put a few stinkers in this week, didn't you? I did, yeah. That's all good. That's all good. Join us next week to see what else is added. Well, guys, thanks for joining us this week. Interact with us on the RPGA Discord channel or drop us an email at thefansawaytoonoisyeroutlook.com. You can also find us on our brand spanking new Facebook page, The Fans Are Way Too Noisy, and TFAWTN on Twitter. Keep up to date with the latest events and news. Check out the show's notes for more details. I'm still Viz, and he's still Seth, and we've made enough noise for one week. Bye.